The Sophia Gray Show. (laughs) (sighs) Hello, listeners and kinky friends. Welcome to The Sophia Gray Show, where we discuss all things sex, kinks, and fetishes. From the sex stories to the latest trends in the erotic world, we talk taboo transparently. This podcast is brought to you by Sophia Gray, the largest used underwear marketplace. I'm Lacey Bloom, and I am flying solo once again. However, I am pleased to say that I've spoken with Tracy, and you can expect her back on the podcast in her typical hilarious fashion sometime in the near future. So I'm sure you're all looking forward to that. I know I am as well because recording a podcast by yourself is definitely not as fun as doing it with somebody that you know and love. But here today, I am excited to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. So I think I've mentioned it before, but Tracy and I, when we're not doing the podcast, are both involved in the film and television industry in Los Angeles. And so movies and TV shows are something that are really important to us. We watch a lot of things and I don't know about everybody else, but I've been binging the series Bridgerton on Netflix. As I've mentioned before, I am a huge fan of both romance novels and erotica. I know we've discussed erotica here on the podcast on more than one occasion. You heard my interview with Rachel Kramer Bustle, a prominent erotica publisher and writer just last month. And so I uh, one thing that I was really thinking about while watching Bridgerton were the sex scenes because I think this is something that a lot of us think about when watching films and TV shows with sex scenes is how unrealistic and problematic they can be. (laughs) Um, And I do love that things are changing in the industry. You know, we see shows and movies hiring intimacy coordinators to make sure that a sex scene is done well and to the comfortability of all of the actors involved. However, we have to be honest that movie and TV show lovemaking scenes tend to leave out quite a few things, especially when it comes to realistic moments of sex. So let's talk about movies versus real life sex edition. I'm going to start with Making the move isn't always super clear. So, you know the scene in a show or movie where uh, it's a couple, they're at the movies, the guy, typically in a heteronormative situation, uses the uh, the stretch technique to like stretch his arm around the girl's shoulders and then there's a pause and they avoid each other's gaze, but then when they do lock eyes and it all makes sense. Everything is said in that one glance and suddenly it's on, full on, making out in the movie theater. You know, it, it it's just, <laughs> it's one of those things that um, I, we talk about communication so often here on this podcast and it's, I, I think in movies and television, they tend to gloss over 
things like that, um, especially when it comes to consent and protection. Um, And I think it's mostly for the sake of time. However, I think there's this complete misconception that glossing over important details like that, that that improves the sex appeal. But for me, I think that there is just about nothing as unsexy as a lack of consent or discussion about the nitty gritty details. Um, there, There's nothing unsexy about talking about kinks and safe words before you get into things. These are the things I would love to see discussed in movies and television, anything mainstream, because then it might signify that it's okay for us to be doing it in our real sex lives. When a partner brings those things up, you can genuinely tell that they care for you and your sexual health and your happiness, and they want to show you a good time. So I am so looking forward to a movie where the hunky main character asks if he can pull the heroine's panties down. I am longing for that day, especially if those words come out of a Hemsworth brother. Let's be honest, it's got to be Chris. So another thing that um, I, I this is something that I think is getting a little bit better um, in movies and television shows, is the whole undressing moment. Because I feel like in movies, a lot of times it becomes very striptease worthy. And, uh, you know, that's any girl who has tried to sexually slide out of a pair of skinny jeans, or I'll be honest, I wear a lot of a lot of spandex um, and yoga pants. It is nearly impossible. By the time you get your pants down to your thighs, you have to do this weird wiggle thing to get them to your ankles, and then you know you're bending over, and it's just it's not as sexy as they make it seem in the movies. And I think because they make it sexy. We try to make it sexy in real life. And, you know, there there is an art to doing a striptease. And I think a lot of partners will appreciate that. However, it's also just unrealistic to th- imagine that that's how we undress every time, especially if we're not undressing for another partner and just for ourselves. I find it hard to believe that we spend the time and effort to make ourselves look amazing as we take off our yoga pants when we're alone. Let's be honest, ladies. Okay, and speaking of undressing, I am a huge fan of a matching bra and panty set. Don't get me wrong. However, I want to say that us heterosexual cisgendered women are setting our cisgender heterosexual male partners up for failure because we're making them believe that we only wear matching bras and panties. <laughs> um, and, and I, again, I love a good matching set, but even if the scene in a movie doesn't call for anything sexual, it seems like somehow the bra and panties of the main character are always on point. I, you know, it, and that's not even going off of the fact that she's sporting them on a pristine size two toned body. And if that's your body type, fantastic. Good on you. However, 
that is not how all of us look. And we definitely don't look that way in a $200 set of lingerie. And we don't have the budget for a $200 set of lingerie either. So um, I am waiting for the film where our heroine gets out of bed Um, you know, hair completely massacred, not wearing makeup when she wakes up, and um, in a nice cotton pair of period panties, because we all do it, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, it's definitely, definitely there. So um, as we get into the sex scenes themselves, here's the thing that really irks me is one, we don't see a lot of changing positions in sex scenes in our media in general. However, when we do see them, they're always very smooth and not at all awkward. And this just isn't realistic because no matter how many times we try the whole rolling from me on top to him on top thing, it never, ever gels perfectly. Um, In movies, we see them effortlessly rolling around on the bed, having the time of their lives, orgasming left and right. Um, I feel like the only exception is that sometimes in a comedy film, you do see the change of position being used as comedic relief or cheap laughs because it's so awkward. Um, which I feel like is a whole other problem. Like there's there's something to be said about like the awkward change and how it's not perfect. However, at the same time, I don't really want to see people making a joke out of it either. Um, I guess it would have to depend on the con- the context because I'm all for laughing and having a good time during sex. However, again, I just don't want to make a mockery of it. It's the same way that I feel like a lot of times we make fun of fat characters in films and television simply because of their body type. So, um, you know, simply said, in reality, there are very few times you can make a smooth sex position transition without... Um, him slipping out of you or you having to adjust yourselves in a not so sexy way. And that's perfectly fine. I just want to see it reflected on screen. So another one that (laughs) this one, this is a, uh, a prime example in the Bridgerton series is sometimes it's hard to get it in, but you would know it from watching film and television Um, And I don't just mean men looking for the clit. I'm talking about actual P in the V sex. Sometimes the P just can't seem to find the V. Or there might even be an accidental P in A situation. It happens. But do you know where it doesn't happen? That's right. In the movies. Now, obviously, movies are scripted and actors aren't usually having sex with their co-stars. It's very rare for that to happen, although it has happened. They could at least pretend to fumble sometimes, I feel like, to make the rest of us feel a little bit better about not being able to get it in on the first try, Um, you know, because of vaginal dryness or being drunk and uncoordinated. How many times have we seen that in a movie? Or just not being able to see very well. It's perfectly natural to need to pause and readjust. I I feel like the only time we ever see anything of this nature in a film is when the characters are losing their virginity. And again, it borderline jokes about it and makes a mockery of the fact that, oh, this is a character having sex for the first time and they don't know where the right hole is. So 
just another thing to think about and notice the next time you watch a cringeworthy sex scene on screen. Now, let's talk about one of my biggest pet peeves, and that is orgasms. Not that I don't love a good orgasm. I'm talking about orgasms in movies and television shows. Two things when it comes to orgasms. First thing, not everyone is extremely loud when they orgasm. Now, I know this might come as a surprise to some people, but loud doesn't necessarily equal better orgasms. In fact, many people aren't loud when they orgasm, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's a loud buildup and then a quiet, breathless release, or sometimes there's a quiet buildup with a loud climax. You know, everyone orgasms differently. But for some reason, movies have associated being loud with being satisfied. And that's just a shame because once again, we're perpetuating the myth that if your partner isn't moaning, audibly moaning loud beyond control, then they aren't having a good time. And that's just false. The second thing when it comes to orgasms is that how many times have you watched a movie or TV show where the moment they start having sex, the female character begins orgasming? Now, I just, I I wish I could say that was real. I wish I could say that happened that way. However, (laughs) I would love to see a little work put in. Um, And, you know, I didn't even think about this before, but climaxing at the same time as your lover would be another facet of orgasming to talk about when it comes to movie scenes. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's always those final few thrusts or that scene where it cuts to a couple lying happily in bed right after the deed is done and they both have that fresh orgasm happy face on. But in reality, I'm sure most of us know that climaxing at the same time as your partner can be tricky. Not impossible, just, you know, a little more difficult. And not only that, but it's entirely possible that you might not climax at all. And I don't think I'm bursting anybody's bubble when I say that unless your knowledge of, you know, sex and what that looks like comes from movies and television and only movies and television. According to a 2017 Metro article, up to 80% of women don't climax from penetrative sex alone, which is typically, let's be honest, the only thing being shown on screen other than oral sex occasionally, which is usually shown more as quick foreplay and not the main event. In fact, I can count on one hand the amount of movies and shows I've seen where it was all about the oral sex and not leading up to something else. So while it is totally possible to climax at the same time, the same survey said that 80% of couples have said it's happened to them before. It's not a given and it certainly won't happen every time you have sex. So Hollywood, listen up. Now, this is something that I've noticed through my reading of erotica and romance as well, but I am deeply disturbed by the lack of lube that is used in our media. Where 
is the lube. Because I think the first time I ever heard lube mentioned in a movie was, again, used as a joke in the movie Superbad. So other than comedy movies where they use fart jokes and giggle at the need to use lube, I don't know if I've actually ever seen a serious sex scene that involved needing some other form of lubrication. And you know what? Set aside the word need, wanting to use some sort of lubrication. Lube has, and we've talked about this in-depthly on this podcast, for a long time been a bit of a myth in the sex lives of young people. A lot of people think lube is specifically for if you have medical conditions like vaginal dryness or if you're having anal sex. And yes, don't get me wrong. These are two really great purposes for lube. But lube can also improve your sex life in so many other ways. Um, In that same study I mentioned from the Metro article, 70% of women said using lube during sex made it feel more comfortable and pleasurable for them. I'm not surprised. And we've talked about this on the podcast. We have a whole episode dedicated to lube, but we've got flavored lube, numbing lube, scented lube, warming lube, cooling lube. There is so much lube in the world, and it is completely underrated. So I I think we need to talk about lube in general a lot more. And the way we can do that is through the media that we are creating and consuming, whether it's a book, a movie, a television show. Um, Hell, um, the latest song from Megan Thee Stallion. I want to hear more people talking about lube because once we start talking about it, then we'll start using it even more. Now, something that I think is entirely overlooked in film and television, unless it's being used for comedy fodder or an awkward family dinner, is sex between older couples. Older couples in general, and you know, speaking as a woman, I, I know how little roles there are for women over a certain age in Hollywood. Older couples don't get shown very often in movies, and if they do, they're generally not having sex. In fact, even movies where the main characters are older and in a relationship, their sex lives aren't really discussed or even hinted at beyond a few words. So we need to we need to get beyond that because older people have sex. Younger people have sex. Sex is not a midlife circumstantial experience. It can happen for you at any point in your life or it cannot happen at all. That is totally fine whether or not you are choosing to have sex. However, there are plenty of couples over 60, 70, 80 who have sex still. So I don't know why we're not showing it and we're not talking about it. Now, here's something I have noticed in the last few years is as as brief as it may be, Hollywood is definitely making an effort to incorporate more same-sex couples into film and television. Again, there are not enough. I, I will not be the first or the last person to say that. And they're also making a valid effort to incorporate more threesomes and polyamorous relationships. However, that being said, one, I want to see more. Two, I want to see more of them having sex. 
And three, I want to see the communication happening because when it comes to same-sex couples in movies and television, they're not usually, they don't always have super erotic or taboo lovemaking scenes. Hollywood has glamorized same-sex lovemaking since the original taboo angle fell away. And once a couple of the same-sex getting it on became less taboo and more normalized, it seems like directors everywhere must have had a meeting or something to decide that they were going for the hot, wild, and super erotic sex scenes for same-sex couples from here on out. Because... Apparently, all lesbians who have sex now do it in slow motion and look absolutely perfect and also incredibly amazing at same-sex lovemaking. So just like we see with hetero couples, I think the same rules apply. I want to see those awkward sex scenes. I want to see, you know... uh, using toys together on a regular night in. Um, If it's same sex sex, then it has, it does not have to be super erotic and suspenseful. Same sex couples are just like hetero couples. We, we all have sex regardless of our gender, our, our race, our size. Um, You know, assuming that you are having sex, I don't want to say we all have sex because there are plenty of people who choose not to have sex, but If you are a same-sex couple on screen, generally they're having wild, raunchy sex in every scene, and it's just not, it's just not very realistic. Then when it comes to having a threesome or a polyamorous relationship, um, there, it can feel really awkward in the beginning, and, and I feel like that's perfectly natural because you're not sure how to start, you have to actually talk about who's going where, what the boundaries are. We, you know, we've talked about how important communication is, especially in new relationships. And generally, we're talking about relationships between two people. If you're adding in multiple partners, of course, there's going to be more boundaries to talk about. And of course, you're going to have to talk about, you know, who wants to do what with whom and where. Um, it's perfectly natural, but it's not always as seamless and quick as it is in the movies. Real threesomes, foursomes, moresomes require conversations and lots of conversations at that. And if they're awkward in the beginning, I would expect nothing differently. Now, of course, you'll find your groove and it will start to get more you know, more, it'll resemble more of what you've seen in the movies, but getting from that starting place to that movie magic place is a little trickier than, you know, the typical, we all got tipsy on wine and started having a threesome together in the backyard. Um, again, conversations, talking, very important in any relationship, especially the more partners that you add into it. Now, this is something that has bothered me for years, and we've talked about this on the podcast as well, and that is underwater sex. Um, Maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I've expressed this before. Shower sex, hot tub sex, pool sex, really any kind of sex in water, 
I find it overrated. I I think it can be good. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I am saying that it's never nearly as much fun as you imagine it to be. And I think it's because of the movies. Now, I can't blame the movies for everything. However, I think I was somebody who growing up had a very I I remember having an interest in wanting to have this steamy, sensual, passionate shower sex. And I I know that it is in direct correlation because of what I've seen in movies. <laughs> because movies have shown a shower sex that is smooth, easy. It's not dangerous. Nobody's falling down. And they're also not using lube. But, you know, it's... In reality, there's a very big possibility you could slip and fall. You'll spend 97% of the time shivering because you're cold. And they, you know, they leave out the fact that having sex while submerged underwater, you know, uh, a pool or a hot tub, a river, lake, whatever, it's really not that healthy for women and can cause some really bad infections. And any of us that have experienced that, I think have uh, have basically seen beyond the, our clouded expectations for water sex. So, um, the last thing you know, we've kind of run the gambit from undressing to the sex itself. But what comes after the sex? Clean up, and this is to me the best for last <laughs> because every time you watch a sex scene in a movie. How does it end? The exhausted and happy couple roll over in bed with a sigh and they lay there and cuddle and usually they go right to sleep. (laughs) So here's my thing. One, condoms, if you are using condoms, and I think the assumption when it comes to sex scenes is that people are using condoms. However, That's a whole issue in itself of not showing us birth control being used or discussed. But condoms need to be put on and then you take them off and dispose of them. You sometimes see them go on in movies. I do think we are getting a little bit better at showing birth control, although it's still it's still very slim to none. However, I I really don't see a lot of condoms actually coming off and being disposed of in films and television. Usually the guy is laying there in bed chatting about, you know, the amazing sex that they just had. And all I'm thinking about is how that condom is full of semen hanging off his dick. So <laughs> this is something that needs to be rectified. I know that if I were ever to create a sex scene in a movie, this is something that would be changed immediately. So here's another one that I don't think a lot of people think about. But now that I'm planting the seed in your head, you will never be able to forget it the next time you watch a movie. And that is the wet spot. Because if you're lucky when you finished having sex there is generally a wet spot on the bed. You know, a combination of fluids, sweat, a little bit of everything. And who's changing the bed? I Because they're not doing it in the movies. Um, and whether it's completely changing the sheets or putting a towel over it or, or kind of 
cuddling to one side of the bed that's dry, the wet spot in real life is a very real issue. (laughs) However, in movies, not only is there no wet spot, but their beds somehow look even better than when they started. It's as if they've had sex and then had somebody come into the room, make the bed on top of them with them in it to then go to sleep. Um, But again, now that I've mentioned this, I know that this is something that you will not be over, be able to overlook. Um, Now, ladies, this one, this one I think would stand out to women more is just that women usually pee after sex. I mean, it's been ingrained in us from our first sexual experiences, um, whether you knew it heading in or you had to learn the tough way, is that typically you make a post-coital trip to the bathroom because uh, you want to avoid a UTI. (laughs) So, I mean, it could be that this is something they're leaving out of movies for the sake of um, time. Uh, It's definitely not a sexy, you know, moment. However, it is very real. And um, I it's something that I would like to see acknowledged a little bit more. And finally, speaking about fluids, um, why is nobody sweating? That's what I want to know. I want to know why after all this rigorous, passionate, kinky sex, um, nobody is sweating and they look absolutely gorgeous like they just had their makeup done. And let's be honest, it's because that is what happened. These are actors. This is this is them imitating life. However, I don't think it would hurt the makeup department to put a little sweaty glow on them for realism's sake. Um, And again, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt because movies are movies and life is life. They are not one in the same. Although I do think that, you know, art does imitate life. But as a final reminder, life is not a movie. Things, especially romantic and sexual relationships, they get complicated and messy and emotional. And while I think we see a lot of those emotions reflected on screen, I don't know if we do see enough of the physical complications on screen. And that's kind of where I'd like to see filmmaking go, um, you know, speaking as a female filmmaker. But in the meantime, the important thing is to recognize these sexy scenes in movies for what they are. And that is simply a good way to pass the time. <laughs> now, you are more than welcome to use them for inspiration, to set the mood, to get some ideas for your next date night. But really, That's all it is. Something to watch while you're getting ready for your date. Something to put on between the time your date arrives and when you're undressing each other on the couch. And from there, it's all up to you. And please, please, please do it with lube. Whether you're looking to buy or sell used panties, Sophia Gray has got you covered. If you want to earn some extra cash, you can set up your own shop in minutes and start selling your own used underwear. And they take no commission. You'll keep 100% of every single sale that you make. If you've got a kink for used panties and you're looking to buy your next pair, look no further. The whole process is completely anonymous. Sophia Gray will never share, store, or archive your personal information. The name Sophia Gray won't even appear on your bank receipt. So head on over to SophiaGray.com to start selling or buying 
used panties now. If you're a fan of the podcast, we hope you'll subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think. And while you're at it, feel free to share your feedback or questions by sending an email to podcast at sophiagray.com. Until next time, I'm Tracy Bust. And I'm Lacey Bloom. And we're here to say, let them be kinky. There is no kink shaming here.